Big news, Kelly Oubre is back at practice. Yes, you heard that correctly. Also, Joel B with monumental praise for Tyrese Maxey and the Levine situation boiling down quickly in Chicago. Should the Sixers take a look? We'll talk about all that and more here on the show. What is up, everybody? RB here. Welcome into Philly Take with RB. Do me a favor. If you enjoy these types of videos, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, help us continue to grow. Ring the bell so you don't miss any of the coverage. We are back finally with an off day. It feels like the Sixers have played 10 million games in the last two weeks, but we have some updates, some news to jump into. Who had this team starting out 10 and 3? in their first 13 games. I know I probably didn't, and you didn't either. This team has been a surprise, and they are about to get some more reinforcements that can really help them tighten up moving forward. But what a great start to the season, and one of the reasons for that, that the Sixers have definitely been lacking over the last couple games, is one Kelly Oubre. Speaking of which, he is back at practice. This is a great sign. A lot of speculation, a lot of storyline in terms of what's going on with Ubre. Well, what we do know is that he was back at practice today, and here's a video from Keith Pompey. He's getting some cardio work in, able to you know move around. I mean, the reports are that he had broken ribs and cuts and bruises, and you know moving all over the place. It's good to see him getting some light jogging in here, doing a couple sprints and drills, etc. And even in addition to that, how about this, Kelly Ubre? Doing shooting drills with Rico Hines. Kelly Oubre getting some shots up. This is a great sign. Woj reported a few days ago that he would probably be back, you know, sometime in a couple weeks. Now it's starting to look like that report is accurate, man. You lose 16 points per game. And not only that, the swagger, the toughness, and the ability to defend the perimeter like Kelly Oubre. This is why I wanted the Sixers to sign him. I knew not having to take as many shots would really optimize his role. And damn it, he was playing a really, really good uh, style of basketball to start this season, especially on a minimum contract. Talk about bang for your buck. And I think just adding this guy back to the mix, a really solid role player that knows how to play that role. And I think, again, Nick Nurse has really hammered that idea down to these guys playing as a team. I, I really think team basketball, great sign to see him at practice. And Nick Nurse commented on Kelly Oubre today. He says, quote, I think getting him moving was the first step. Getting him into some contact and things is the next step. I think after tomorrow, we will have a better read on his timeline. So great updates here. We'll keep our eye out and see how that goes. Another guy that has been such an underrated piece, right? Everybody talked about this Harden trade and moving Harden, getting draft capital and getting Covington back on the Sixers and the young athletic KJ Martin. Everybody forgot that, oh, Nicholas Batum has been around the block for a while, man. Nicholas Batum has been so great. Do you know that the Sixers have only lost one game with Kelly Oubre, and they're 5-0 and with Nicholas Batum? 0-2 when Batum doesn't play, or 1-2, actually, they won one game without him. 1-2 when he doesn't play, 5-0 and when he does play, okay? Nicholas Batum is such a great glue guy for this team, and for uh, so long. The Sixers have not had competent forwards, most specifically small forwards, right? Other than Jimmy Butler, who else have they had that has played that position so naturally and been able to do such, you know, easy, simple things, catch and shoot and, you know, be a good passer and get guys open 
and just know how to space the floor around Joel Embiid and a point guard like a Tyrese Maxey. Other than Jimmy Butler, who have they had in the last 10 years? Nobody. Nobody. I'd say the last competent small forward other than Jimmy may have been Andre Iguodala. And it's nice to finally have these glue guys. And a lot of people could argue that rather than star hunting, this is what they actually have needed. The Kelly Oubre's of the world, right? The guys that don't need the ball in their hands 5 million times per game. The Nicholas Batum's. He just knows how to do everything. And Joel Embiid, after last night's game, called him the key. He says, quote, he's the key. He's special. With the way that we play, he just fits everything that we need. Great shooter, great defense, great passer, great basketball IQ. He fits everything we need. And I agree. And Nicholas Batum talked about the recent situation. He said he's been away due to his wife having a health condition, which comes first. And I totally understand. You know, I hope his family's doing better, and I hope he's around to stay now because, damn, this team needs him. He is a great role player. He got shuffled in that James Harden trade, and nobody really talked about him. But damn it, even at, what, 34, 35 years old, he can still play basketball at a high level, and he is showing it for this team. I love the way he's playing. Speaking of which, this team is led by who other than Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. And did you guys know that through the first 13 games of the season, these two are the best duo in the NBA? This was the graphic they showed on the game yesterday. They're averaging 58.8 points per game, a little bit up after yesterday. But damn, man, the chemistry is amazing. Getting rid of James Harden not only helped this team, uh, you know, by getting the drama away, but it allowed Maxi to take that leap. And if he can truly consistently take this leap this year, this duel right here is going to be very hard to stop, especially in the two-man game. I mean, the way Maxi is shooting now, his confidence, that little sidestep, and then the step back three. I mean, Maxi is cooking right now. He's probably leading the all-star voting when it comes to guards in the Eastern Conference, him and Halliburton. And Joel Embiid is having another MVP season so far. And really, the couple things I noticed about Joel, he seems to be in good shape, right? He's played every game so far, right? He'd probably have three DNPs up to this point in previous regimes. He's playing later in games when he has to. Sometimes he doesn't even have to come back in. But he's also doing so much more. Like, the one pass he had down to the baseline yesterday around a defender Joel never had those types of looks before. He never made that extra pass. And I think Nick Nurse's effect on him has just really made him a more well-rounded basketball player. I think he took everything personal from last year in the playoffs as he should have, right? He did not come up big when he needed to. And I think he's taking all that personal and he's reflecting on himself. And he even said in the preseason and, and the training camp, you know, we're playing a different style of ball. I want to get everybody else involved, right? Every time we get to the third quarter now, he's got 13 rebounds. When did he do that before? We used to constantly, constantly try to pry boards out of Joel Embiid. He would have, you know, eight for the game. We always wanted 10. Now he's getting 13 average. It's too easy. And when it comes to dominance, these two have been the best in the league. In fact, the Sixers are the only team with two guys leading top 10 in scoring. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey so far to this point in the season. I love what Joel said about Tyrese. He says, quote, he's a superstar. He's one of one. Once you become a star, a superstar in the league, everything changes. From the beginning, I've always believed in him. He's going to keep getting better. And how can you not believe in Tyrese, that confidence, that smile? He's just so happy to go out there and play the game he loves every single day. He continues to get better. The couple deficiencies he's had, he's worked on so well. I mean, just extreme growth when it comes to shooting, defending on the perimeter, Tyrese, man, the, there is no limit. Like I said on the pod with Paul and 
and Nick, and we were talking about Tyrese. What did Paul say? You know, even the week before, no ceiling. There is no ceiling. We have not seen this level of growth from a young guy like this. It is insane, and I can't wait to see where he takes it. On the other hand, speaking of taking it, Zach Levine is taking it away from Chicago. He's done, man. He is done. Here was a video the other night. They were down, I think, like 20 to 1 in this game. Somehow they come back and win. And Zach Levine was not excited whatsoever. And Billy Donovan got pissed off. The Bulls front office was pissed off because this was Levine after a big comeback win. Watch his body language right here. Reporter tries to talk to him. Get out of my way. The fans like Cruz. What's going on here? What's going on? We just won, man. Levine says, get out of my way. The body language is terrible. He even talked openly about the Bulls a couple days ago saying it's just business at this point. He wants out of there so bad. And the Bulls are like five and nine right now. They're going downhill. The Rosen's on a contract year. They're going to trade him. It's time for them to hit the reset. Get rid of Caruso while you can get the high assets that you can. Get Levine out of there. Get the Rosen. Lonzo, who knows if he'll come back. It's time for the Bulls to hit reset. I told you this offseason they should have. And they're going downhill very quickly. Levine is not happy. And here is what a Reddit user said who was sitting right by that incident there. He was behind the bench. Rich Paul came out and tried to say it was overblown. But after reading these couple paragraphs here from someone that was right in front of it, essentially, he just says that Levine told that reporter or whoever else was in his way. He said, I'm effing tired. Get out of my way. And that's just not the type of body language that you want to see, especially from the star of a team. After a big comeback win like that, he's just so disgusted. He's fed up. He's tired of it. The fit never made sense. He doesn't like the coach. He wants out of there. The question is, though, should the Sixers be at the top of the list and trying to acquire him? At this point, like I said a couple of days ago, the Sixers have all the leverage in the world. They have a ton of draft capital now, and they can sit back and wait, evaluate a couple months, and kind of see how this situation plays out. They can see what other stars become available in the league. They can see which teams go downhill. That is why they have the benefit right now. So if you're asking me, I would not pull the trigger on any trade. Also, I do not want a guy on the team who's going to act like that. Either the Sixers have had plenty of them, and I don't want that. Not saying he would do that here. I think he's just disgusted at the point of where he's at, but I don't want to see that here in Philly. And honestly, if Maxi continues to take this leap, and Tobias Harris has been maybe the most underrated player this year, playing so physical, averaging 20 a game, getting to the rim, playing his best ball right now, playing freely, being decisive. If he continues to play like that, I think that the best decision would be to bring in more role players, bring in more Ubres and Batums, right? Bring in those gritty 3 and D guys and really the high IQ personnel to try to go out there and win around Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey and Tobias. Honestly, that's how I see it at this point. A lot can change. A lot can stay the same. But as of right now, I think the Sixers should be in wait-and-see mode, and it's boiling down quickly in Chicago, so I would expect a lot of teams you know, to be interested in Zach Levine. We'll see. Uh, if the Sixers are one of them. Last thing I want to say is it's, it's going to be a big week. Uh, the Sixers play the Cavs tomorrow night. We're live every game on YouTube. Be sure to tune in. Cavs have been iffy this year, not really impressing a lot of people. But then on Wednesday, second of a back-to-back, they play Minnesota, who right now is leading the Western Conference. They've been lethal this year. And then on Saturday, after the Thanksgiving break, they play OKC, who is 10-4 right now. They're on a five-game win streak. They've been really, really stellar, and and a lot of the young talent finally living up. Isaiah Joe shooting 47% from three. They're going to be out and running on that floor. The Sixers better be ready, and if they can stack up a couple big wins against these teams, I think it'll be huge 
But the question is, will they do it? Right? Going to be a tough week. The Sixers just have to keep winning like they have. I don't care what anybody else says. It's not even that they're winning. It's how they're winning right now. They're impressing a lot of people. They're finishing out games. I can't wait to see Kelly Oubre come back. Nicholas Batum around with the team permanently now. And honestly, they just have to keep building and growing and, and establishing this identity that they have. But we'll see how it plays out. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Give me all your thoughts down below in the comments section. That being said, I will catch you all on the next one. Peace. Peace.